Welcome to Woman in Progress, the podcast for smart, successful, high-achieving women who are ready to choose themselves, stop following the shoulds, and have the audacity to create the perfectly imperfect lives they crave. I'm your host, Samantha Ushado, corporate leader by day, health mindset coach, and group fitness instructor by nights and weekends. I created this space for the seekers, the messy action takers, the women who are courageous enough to lean into discomfort in the name of growth and are willing to live life on purpose. So if you're ready to work on yourself for yourself, be an example of what's possible and meet other incredible women on the same journey, you're in the right place. Consider this your official invitation. Let's get to work. Welcome back, sweet friends. This is episode 16 of the Woman in Progress podcast. Sweet 16, baby. Now I want to take a quick moment to celebrate myself because I just discovered something that totally made my day. My podcast has reviews, y'all. How fun is that? I'm going to take a minute just to be proud of myself and read one of them to you. So it's from Allison647, and she says, amazing show. Sam is the cheerleader we all need in our lives. She has this incredible ability to meet you where you are while refusing to let you sell yourself short with limiting beliefs, insecurities, and other stories we tell ourselves about why we can't achieve our dreams. For all the women in progress out there, and let's face it, that's all of us, this is the podcast we've been waiting for. I cannot wait to hear more. It doesn't hurt that she's got a fantastic voice for this, soothing yet inspiring. Allison 647 I adore you, queen. Thank you for taking the time to listen in and write a review. It means so much to me, truly. Ugh, so good. And on that note, my sweet friends, can you do me a quick favor, please? If you haven't reviewed the podcast, it's super easy to do, and it delights me to get your five-star review. So if you could go into your iTunes app or whatever app you listen to the show on, click on my show, and then scroll down to wherever it says ratings and reviews, it'll give you an opportunity to give me a five-star review. Now, would you do that for me, pretty please? I love you. You're the best. Thank you. (laughs) And now let's get right into it, shall we? Today's episode is why our parents trigger us no matter what our age and how we can begin to accept what we didn't get from one or both of them. And more specifically, if you have a, let's say, complicated relationship with your mother, you might want to give this episode your full attention. And because I am a stand for you having the life that you truly desire, rather than being a victim of your circumstances, I want to support you in making peace with the hurt and the blame you're holding on to regarding your parent or your mother, so that you can focus your energy in showing up as the person you most want to be. Because the truth is, all of us, no matter what kind of parents we've had, are going to have issues and lessons with our parents. And if you are a parent, you're inevitably going to have done things that your kids are going to have to process. Because if you haven't noticed, we are all human, including our parents. And there is no manual for living. And what I notice in myself, as I'm not a parent, my friends, and in many of the clients that I coach, is that we often have trouble accepting our parents as individuals outside of the role they play in our lives. We put these expectations on them to try and fill the love, safety, and security voids in our lives. And we long to be loved and seen and understood by them in a way that they're just unable to do adequately. And when it comes to the mother-daughter relationships, those can be tricky. They can be difficult, painful, challenging, and they can also be beautiful, supportive, loving, and fulfilling. Know that if you fall into the first category and your relationship with your mother is not as picture perfect as you'd like it to be, you aren't alone. I will be the first to acknowledge my relationship with my mom is nowhere near that of Rory and Lorelai from the Gilmore Girls. And while I certainly wish that over my 30-something years on the planet that my mother and I could have been closer, 
I've come to accept the relationship we do have now and I'm committed to continuing to work on it now and in the future because it's work worth doing. And this episode was actually prompted by a coaching call I had with a client over the weekend. She came to me and her presenting problem was, and I quote, my sister-in-law is triggering me. Now, when I dug a bit deeper on what specifically was triggering her, she shared with me that her mother was hosting a baby shower for her sister-in-law and that due to my client's decision to be child-free by choice, she believed she would never matter to her mother in the same way because of her life choices, namely not having kids and that she just wasn't good enough. The story my client was telling herself was causing her so much pain and leading her to make choices that alienated her from her family and prevented her from acknowledging herself for all of her amazing accomplishments. Namely, the fact that she has an MBA from Berkeley. She moved out of the small Midwest town she lived in and owns her own home in San Francisco. She has a thriving career making a six-figure salary and is the first in her family to be able to do this. Instead, she was focusing on what she didn't have, specifically kids and a life partner, and how that made her unrelatable and not a priority to her mother. And the reason why she felt so triggered by her sister-in-law was because she kept thinking the thought, she's the daughter my mom always wanted. Painful, right? And my client is self-aware enough to know intellectually that these thoughts were just thoughts she was making up, which were causing her to feel hurt, disappointed, and unloved. But there was also another part of her, that inner child part of her, that believed it as fact, which led her to judge, punish, and be hard on her mother and continue to look for evidence to prove her beliefs true. Perhaps you can relate. You see, many of us have a lot of resentment and anger about how our parents behave and particularly how our mothers should be different than they are, which keeps us struggling in that relationship. And a lot of that continued struggle we face comes down to the fact that We've never really taken the time or put real intention behind reestablishing a new relationship with our mothers as adults. We continue to act the same way with them as we did when we were children, blaming them for how we are and disempowering ourselves. Now I'll give you an example from my personal life. I'm a 30 something and I've been living on my own since I was about 18 and went away to university. And yet whenever I would go to my mom's condo in Mexico over the holidays, which I do every year for at least a few weeks at a time with my mom, my brother, and his entire family, I would be miserable. Why? Because I felt obligated to spend every waking moment with my family, felt guilty if I just wanted to do my own thing on my own time, and would often feel invisible to my mom around my brother, sister-in-law, and their two kids. And despite the very real feelings I was experiencing, It was as though I was a 10-year-old girl again who had to bite my tongue, be grateful for the experience to go to Mexico, and be good in order to get rewarded. I'm sure you can imagine how a few days in a two-bedroom condo with all of those people and thinking those thoughts went. Inevitably resisting my resentment, frustration, feelings of being ignored, and not being able to do what I want when I want would inevitably lead to an argument or me blowing up and having an adult temper tantrum just like a 10-year-old girl would have. Imagine that. Now, I will admit that it took a few more years than I would have liked, but eventually I got to the place where I had to get real with myself and say, this isn't working. This might have been how things were back then when I was a kid, but it's time for me to create something new as an adult. And this is actually what I want things to look like moving forward. Now, when I go down south with my entire family at Christmas, I only stay with them for a few days and then I pay to rent a condo somewhere else in the same building. I'm able to get the best of both worlds this way. Proximity to my family to be able to spend time with them when I want and 
my own space where I can do what I want on my own time. And if my thoughts trigger feelings of being excluded or I don't feel particularly social, I can simply excuse myself and process those emotions privately. Now, let me be clear. It took me a lot longer than I'd like to get to this place. And a big part of it involved me grieving and accepting that it isn't easy for me to spend excessive amounts of time with my mom in close quarters for weeks at a time, like it might be for my brother or some of my friends or even strangers on the internet. I need my space. I like my independence and my alone time. And one of my biggest values in life is the freedom to be self-expressed. And as a result, I have given myself permission to do what is most self-honoring, which looks like renting my own space when I go to Mexico for the holidays. And I let that be okay. And I don't let it mean anything negative about me. By making the self-honoring choice, I create the relationship I want with my mother while I'm visiting her in Mexico without needing her to change or do anything different, which is a beautiful thing because believe me, I have tried for years to get my mom to behave differently towards me when we're in Mexico and it did not work. (laughs) So I want to take you through the process I offered to my client to help her see that she was single-handedly causing herself pain with her thoughts and how if she was willing, she could look at her relationship with her mom, get really honest about all of it, and then hit the refresh button so she could course correct and begin to create the relationship that she wanted with her. Now, first, I asked her to give me a list of all the things she believed her mother should do. And I encouraged her to dream big and think ultimate mother. What would she be like? How would she behave? What would she say? How would she react and respond to things? And then I asked her to tell me why. Why does she want her mom to do all these things? Why does she think her mother should do all these things? And what is it that she isn't doing that she wanted her to do? Why do you want your mom to be the way that she isn't? I asked her. And I told her, why do you want your mom to be this way when she isn't? I encouraged her to really get honest with herself here. And I'm going to encourage you to do the same thing. And when you're done with that list... What you'll notice is you'll have created a manual for how you want your mother to behave. A manual is essentially the operating instructions for how you would like her or anyone for that matter to behave. And if they don't behave this way, you'll feel a negative emotion like frustration or disappointment or insert feeling of choice. It's quite an enlightening exercise because when you have it all written out, you see what your expectations are all your shoulds, and then you have the reality of who your mother actually is and how she behaves. And in the middle is the river of misery, where you are the creator of all your pain and suffering as a result of the gap between what is and what you expect her to be like. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that your manual for your mother is reasonable, justifiable even, that anyone would expect a mother to act this way and that many people would agree with you, that other moms behave that way or don't behave that way. The truth is, if your mother was meant to behave a different way, she would. The truth is, the longer you keep believing she should be different than she is, you will continue to be disappointed because you'll always be comparing the mom you have to this idealized version of who you want her to be. Which reminds me of a quote Byron Katie says that goes, when you argue with reality, you lose, but only 100% of the time. All relationships are about allowing other people to be who they are and manage your own thoughts about them. Anything else just leads to pain and suffering at your own expense. But most of us choose to blame our mothers for causing us pain and we end up feeling powerless. And in order to stop feeling powerless, we disconnect from our moms. We stop talking to them. We avoid them entirely. We act passive aggressive or just plain aggressive towards them as a way to take back control. And the cycle continues. 
However, by going through this exercise and putting all the shoulds and expectations down on paper, you can take a long, hard look at who your mom is and how she reacts compared to the idealized version that you have created in your mind, whether it be when you were a child, now, or how she should be in the future. And then you realize how much pain you are creating for yourself. And you don't do this so that you can feel bad about yourself or shame yourself, but so that you can overcome the pain and the disappointment and the resentment, let go of the manual and accept your mother for exactly who and how she is. And from this place, you can drop into compassion and understanding of where she's coming from and why she might do what she does. And here's the other thing. Our mothers, our parents did the best they could with what they had, are doing the best they can with what they have. And depending on how old you are, many of them did not have Google or access to great parenting books, not to mention going to therapy and working on yourself wasn't as mainstream as it is now. Now, I've said this before, and it rings true here as well. We all had the exact childhoods we were meant to have, which of course was a beautiful mix of that 50-50 good and not so good. And how do we know this? Because it's the childhood we had. No matter what kind of mother or parents you had, there inevitably will be something you'll need to process because we're all human and we won't get it right 100% of the time. Now, I truly believe our parents are often our biggest teachers and our work, especially if we have mother-daughter drama or anything adjacent to it, is to accept that they did the best they could. When you were born, you didn't come with a manual, so forgive your mother, but also learn to set boundaries with them. And now boundaries are interesting because I see a lot of people get boundaries wrong. They think that boundaries are about keeping people out when in fact they are meant to make it easier for people to get close. One of my dear friends, Tiana, often uses a saying that goes something like, boundaries are the closest distance at which I can love both you and myself. And to me, that's the true meaning of a boundary. And in order to establish a new relationship with our mothers, we need to drop our manual, our judgments, our expectations of them, and take 100% responsibility for our own emotions and our thinking. Fact is, your relationship with your mother is based on all of your thoughts about her. So if you want to change the way you feel about your mother, the answer isn't to change your mother. The answer is to change your brain, aka the way you're thinking. And here's what taking radical responsibility for your relationship with your mother gives you. Without her changing one bit, you can change your judgments and feel more connected, more compassionate, and ultimately act in the way that you want to act towards your mother. And that may mean setting a boundary, but you're setting it from a place of personal agency, acceptance, and love, and not because you think that it'll make her behave differently so you can feel better. It is possible for you to change how you feel because you want to feel better when you interact with your mother. You want to change how you think and feel about your mother because you want to feel proud of how you show up in your interactions with her, regardless of what she says or does. And the last thing I'll say about this is to acknowledge that as children, our parents were our everything. We relied on them for our survival and to meet all of our needs. But as adults, we need to take responsibility and get really honest about how we get our needs met rather than expecting them to be met. Much of the time, we need to be the ones to meet our own needs. And if I go back to the example with my client, she wanted her mother to celebrate her and her life choices and do it in a very specific way that would make her feel as though she was good enough. And what my client ultimately realized is that her mother was never going to be able to deliver that. I shared with her this analogy, which I say a lot, and it's, it's like going to a Chinese restaurant for pizza. You're setting yourself up for disappointment. I don't know where you live, but Chinese restaurants don't serve pizza. And even if they did, I don't think that would be my first choice if I was craving pizza. 
if I really wanted pizza, I'd go to Pizza Libretto or Blondie's or somewhere where they actually serve pizza to ensure I could get what I was craving, right? My client was repeatedly going to her mother for validation, celebration, and to feel worthy of her life choices. But that wasn't what her mother was serving up, at least not with the ingredients my clients was hoping for. And so this left her constantly disappointed and disconnected from her mother. How many of us do this? Think about where you go when you are craving support, encouragement, guidance, unbiased advice, loving feedback, or acknowledgement. Do you go to people who are consistently able to dish out what you're hungry for? Or do you find yourself going to people who don't have what you need on their menus, so you're constantly finding yourself discouraged and disappointed? When we reach out to someone in a time of need, most of the time, we know what we are craving from them. Sometimes it's just a listening ear. Other times we want someone to agree with us. And if you're really self-aware, you're looking for a kick in the ass and someone to tell you to stop playing the victim and get over yourself. We need to be willing to get really honest with ourselves as to whether or not certain people will be able to satiate us when we're hungry for certain things. If someone in your life has consistently reacted and responded to you in a way that has not met your needs, chances are they do not have the ingredients to do so. And so continuing to go to that person, hoping that someday what you are hungry for appears on their menu is like going into a Chinese restaurant when you want pizza. I mean, you might get fed, but not with what you truly want to eat. And as we've discussed, this doesn't make them wrong. It just makes them who they are. So instead, find a way to enjoy what they do have to offer you. Our relationships with others improve when we just accept what someone can and cannot dish out. We can just love them for who they are rather than being disappointed by who they're not. And this realization ended up being a huge light bulb moment for my client. She realized that her mom celebrates her in her own way and felt open to finding evidence for why this was true and to appreciate any effort her mom did put forward to celebrate her in her life. She acknowledged that her chosen family, the friends and the community she's cultivated around her make her feel loved and seen and celebrated, and that if she wanted those things, she had no end to the people she could go to who were willing to serve up what she was hungry for. Now, it's no secret that some parent-child-mother-daughter relationships are difficult, But don't make it more difficult by having operating manuals for people and comparing that version of them that you've made up in your head to who they really are. When you stop comparing your mom to the version of the person you want her to be, you really do get to meet her where you are and love her and yourself in the process. Connection is truly the highest form of personal power, especially when you do it from a place of love. So if you take only one thing away from this episode, let it be this. Your relationship with your mother only takes one of you to put in the effort to make it better. It only takes one person who's willing to drop into compassion, lose the expectations, change their thinking, and set loving boundaries. Make that person you. It might change your life. Have a great week, everybody. See you next Wednesday. Thank you so much for hitting play on another episode of the Woman in Progress podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? Don't worry, the conversation doesn't stop here. Follow me at Samantha Ushado on Instagram and be sure to let me know what part of the episode resonated with you most. I love hearing from you. And if you like the show, please share it with a friend. The more, the merrier. Until next time, here's to being a woman in progress.